Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Thank you. You know, around the world, there's just some things that go on that just make you, you know, want to go, really? I just seen this morning here where the iconic Robin Hood tree intentionally was cut down. It was like a 300-year-old sycamore gap tree that was shown in the Kevin Costner movie. And it was taken down by a 16-year-old teenager who has been arrested in that, uh, you know, a 300-year-old tree. You know, that's older than our country, if you think about it. And somebody just decided to cut it down. It just, why do people do that? I just don't know. Um, A New York City area gets one of the wettest days in decades as rain swamps subways and streets there. And I see now down in uh, Louisiana, the salt water wedge that's down there is threatening the drinking water, including uh, New Orleans. Uh, So the salt water is creeping back up into the the mainland. Uh, Climate change, as we know, has been making storms very devastating. The devastation in the monsoon season in India has been significant with over 400 deaths and more property damage in Himalayan state uh, than in a single year this season alone than in the five years combined. So there's all kinds of stuff going on around the world. And, uh, you know, we always think, well, this is maybe the end of time, but um, it just goes to prove that uh, um, if we don't put God first, these things are going to continue. And so we really need to put God first, but unfortunately... Uh, people just don't have that in their own mind. In 2 Timothy, uh, Paul talks about uh, about God and how we should have Him first, but uh, people are just not doing that. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. He says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. So, yeah, it's, it seems like that's so much happening in the world today where people, if they don't like what they're hearing here, they'll go over here. They do church shopping, so to speak. And it just, God is God of everybody. And we just really need to get down to that. Um, The nation of Egypt experienced a number of curses as well through the ten plagues of uh, Moses. Uh, The nation of Israel experienced curses from God after many warnings by the prophet beginning with the fall of Samaria in B.C. 722 and the fall of Jerusalem in B.C. 586. From the beginning of time, uh, God has forewarned all major consequences of sin, curses that would tear down. In Moses' fifth book in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapters 28 and 29, 
Um, all nations on earth will experience these curses. And what we read in, in, in Deuteronomy is also echoed in the book of Revelation as well. But I want to read right now in Deuteronomy 28, uh, ver- selected verses starting with the 43rd verse, where Moses is talking about what's going to happen if you do not adhere to God's way. And it's not just back then, it's also applying to us today as well. Starting with chapter with verse 43, The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. They will lend to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head, but you will be the tail. All these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and observe the commands and decrees he gave you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, You will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the ends of the earth, like an eagle swooping down, a nation whose language you will not understand, a fierce-looking nation without respect for the old or pity or for the young. They will devour the young of your livestock and the crops of your land until you are destroyed. They will leave you no grain, new wine or olive oil, nor any calves of your herds or lambs of your flocks until you are ruined. They will lay siege to all the cities throughout your land until the high fortified walls in which you trust will fall down. They will besiege all the cities throughout the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's kind of scary when you look at those words and you actually kind of look at today's society and you're thinking, you know, that's true back then and it's almost true somewhat today as well. And that's one thing we need to adhere and come back to God. We, you know, we talk about revival. I was listening to something. They said, you know, the revival that is going to happen is going to come from the young people. And they're the ones that really need to be revived because they are the ones who are falling away from God. Um, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because we are all here are Christians and faith believers. But there are people around us who are not following God's ways and you can see that happening in our nation, and you can see that happening in nations around the world as well. You know, for decades, we have been seeing the beginning of these curses of Deuteronomy gradually mounting across the world in due fulfillment of both Moses' prophecies and Jesus' prophecies in the last book of the Bible in Revelation. And the first four trumpet bowls and the seals of Revelation are planets, lands, Oceans, terrestrial waters, and skies are disintegrating and diminishing life-sustaining resources. It's happening today. You see it all around us. These are the curses humankind bring upon ourselves for those sins. Jesus declares, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. From Revelation 14, 7. 
I would like to read right now Revelation chapter 8. Uh, it talks about the first uh, few seals that are going to be opening up and what's going to be happening during that time. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. The seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder and rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Then the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in the midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to sound by the other three angels. We think those are bad. There's more to come in the book of Revelation and in our time. We all like riddles, don't we? Sometimes we try to figure out what a riddle is. Here's a few of them here for you to think about today. I have no eyes and I have no legs, but I move the earth. Who am I? I am an earthworm. Here's another one. I can run, but I cannot walk. I have a mouth, but cannot talk. I have a bed, but I never sleep. Who am I? I am a river. And this one's kind of cute. What did the nearsighted porcupine say when he backed into the cactus? Pardon me, dear. <laughs> That's one of the things about being nearsighted. You see things in front of you, but you don't see 
the whole picture. It's kind of like the way the Christians are sometimes today. We see the trees, but we don't see the whole forest. We don't see everything going on around us. Here's a different river or a different biblical riddle. We will find out what is hot, wet, bright, and dark as we go through the book of Revelation chapter 8. Now there have been six seals open, and each of them delivers a more punishment to a sinful world. In chapter 7, we saw that punishment temporary halted by four angels. And during this time, in chapter 7, they saw 144,000 Jewish men who went out to proclaim the word of God to others. God was giving man one more chance to return to him. Picking up in chapter 8, we begin by seeing the seventh seal being opened. It says, When he, the Lamb of God, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. You can imagine all the angels are singing and everything, and all of a sudden, just like that, it's deadly quiet for half an hour. We don't know why there was a period of silence, but we know that it's very significant and comes from God. Perhaps it's like when we hold our breath for just a moment as we quickly contemplate the awesome of something that is about to happen. Or perhaps it is a moment in time when God's heart is breaking because he knows he must finally end this cycle of sin that man continues to live in. Even if you demand some of the beloved creations must die. In verses 2 through 4, we begin learning about the seven trumpet judgments of God's wrath. John writes, Then I saw the seven angels who stand in the presence of God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel had a gold incense burner, and he came and stood at the altar. He was given a large amount of incense to offer with prayer of all the saints on the gold altar that was in front of the throne. Each one of these trumpets is a severe judgment that will be handed down upon the earth unless mankind can get their act together and come back to God. The passage says that the angel standing before the altar had a large incense burner and he was given a large amount of incense to offer up with prayers. Incense is that fragrant substance that creates a particular smell when burned. If you've been to a Catholic ceremony, you're quite well aware that the priest has the incense and he goes around and makes the smell in the church, which is kind of neat. That's what the angel is doing. Then in verses 5 and 6, we see the very beginning of God's pure wrath. The angel took the incense burner, filled it with fire from the altar, and he hurled it to the earth. And there were thunder, rumblings, lightning, and an earthquake, and the seven angels began to blow their seven trumpets to dispense of the seven judgments. The Bible doesn't say that the angel tossed it to the earth. He threw it. He hurled it to the earth. 
This word refers to a mighty force that is being used. So mighty it causes many natural disasters. Much more worse than what we're seeing today around the world. Severe storms, earthquakes, and not just in isolated locations, but in many locations around the world at one time. Verse 7 describes the first part of a riddle, what is hot. It is the fire. We find the judgment of fire that was cast upon the earth. The first angel blew his trumpet and hail and fire mixed with blood was hurled to the earth. So a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. Some reports say that perhaps it's a nuclear holocaust. The explosion and radiation that is shot up into the atmosphere causes an ice to form. Could this be the hail that John is talking about or could it be the fire that he speaks about due to the explosion of the bombs? If so, it would explain the bloodshed, wouldn't it? But whatever causes these things, we know that it will be so horrifying that we don't want to live through it. The enormities of the fires are such that we cannot comprehend them today. They will not be isolated in one area, but it scorch a whole third of the earth. It'll be so bad. It'll be worse than when God hailed down upon Egypt. In Exodus 9.18, he says, Tomorrow at this time I will rain down the worst hail that has ever occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. We had hail and Groton here just this past week, and I thought that was bad enough, and it was only marble-sized hail. I can't imagine hail being so bad. And You see reports around here in the United States, hail the size of grapefruits falling from the sky. And it's going to get worse than that. The fact that that they talk about grass must lead to something saying that it's going to be happening during the crowing season as well. So something to keep a lookout for. And so the second part of a riddle is what is wet? And here we're referring to the sea. In verses 8 through 9, it says, it tells about the second trumpet judgment. It will be the judgment upon the sea. The second angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain that was burning was cast into the sea. Then a third of the sea became like blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. When we read back in the book of Revelation, we must use all the knowledge that we have at our disposal to understand what is happening. And you can think about John. He's trying to understand what is going on. And he's trying to write it down because some of the stuff he's seeing, he doesn't have a clue. I mean, he's probably never seen an airplane, a vehicle, you know, the armies that we have today. He has never seen anything like that. So he's seeing visions of this happening. And he's trying to write it down to the best of his words to understand what's going on. Maybe the judgment is something similar to what rained down upon Egypt. In Exodus 7, 20 through 21, it says, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In front of Pharaoh and his officials, he raised the staff and struck the water of the Nile River, and all the water was turned to blood. 
The fish in the Nile died and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink from it. There was blood throughout the land of Egypt. So you can see what's happening in the book of Exodus is going to be happening on, on a large, much larger scale in the book of Revelation. What we are not told about the great thing in Revelation 8, 8, but something very large, that mountain that's engulfed in fire. You know, maybe it kind of reminds me of volcanoes, doesn't it? Maybe there's a whole streak of volcanoes that are starting to go off and, and be thrown into the sea somehow. Some say it could be a meteorite that's coming down. You know, meteorites come out of the sky. If it's a large enough meteorite, yeah, it could definitely do that, that type of deal, damage. Could be nuclear rockets. It could be about anything that will do that much destruction. It's very possible. And the mention of these ships leads us to believe that it's going to happen like that, without warning. Just like when Noah was building the ark. It took him a long time to build the ark, and then all of a sudden, just like that, the waters came and destroyed everything. Third part of our riddle is what is bright, and that would be a star. Verses 10 through 11 tells us about the third judgment. It is a judgment of a fire star. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star blazing like a torch fell from the heaven. It fell on a third of the rivers and the springs of water. And the name of the star is Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. So many of the people died from the waters because they had been made bitter. I'm not sure if you're all aware what Wormwood is like. It grows wild out in the nature and it does, definitely does smell. Um, I, I don't know how this works out, but my great-grandmother, when she used to come down to our farm, she used to take wormwood and dry it, and she would put it in tea. And some people say, now we explain what's wrong with me. No. <laughs> but wormwood, you know, it probably does work fine, but you know, she lived to be a long age, so maybe it was something good. I don't know. But wormwood tastes very bitter when you just, you know, and it smells and it's just not very good. It's just not a good weed to have. John could again, he could be descri describing a nuclear war. Certainly we know that Gog and Magog, which are the armies of Russia, came against Israel, will be joined with the armies of the Islamic nations. And they could be trying to do that now. You know, they're trying to, create war. I mean, we look at the war in Ukraine. You wonder what's happening. What really is happening over there in Ukraine? And how's that going to spread? And what's going to happen to the rest of the world? And how much longer is it going to happen? There's always that threat that's out there. And it's, and it's, and it's going to happen. The fourth part of the riddle asks, what is dark? Of course, dark is you cannot see light. Pretty logical, right? Verse 12 describes the fourth trumpet judgment. It is a judgment of absolute darkness. We read, The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun became darkened, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars also. That they all became darkened, and a third of the day was without light, and a third of the night as well. 
God has used darkness in his dealings with mankind before. Remember back, here we go, back in Exodus once again. Exodus and Revelation, kind of hand in hand. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the heaven, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be felt. That's pretty dark. Moses stretched out his hand toward the heaven, and there was a thick darkness throughout the land for three days. One person could not see another. For three days, they did not move from where they were. We think we, you know, it's dark, but usually there's always like a glimmer of light somewhere. But not here. What is the scariest thing about all this to human? For one thing, we need light to survive. And did you know that if you are in absolute darkness for 10 or 15 days, you will lose your eyesight permanently. That is how badly we need light. Yet God is so angry at the world that he has gone through great strides to show their hate and contempt for him that he includes a judgment of darkness of his own creation. John goes to the extra length in describing the darkness as one that can be felt and one that is thick. It will be a darkness that if not cut short would blind every person on earth. Verse 13 wraps up the fourth trumpet judgment. I looked and I heard an eagle flying in mid heaven, and the eagle said in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who live upon the earth because of the remaining trumpet blast that the three angels are about to sound. We think that these were bad, there is yet more to come. We are given all kinds of warnings in our lives, but do we adhere to them? Do we listen to the warnings that are given to us? We have heard that our water is polluted, our food is contaminated. You know, some of these warnings that we give us, I call them false news, so to speak. But yet there's some warnings that are legitimate out there. If you're out in the sun too long, what's going to happen? You're going to get burned. And if you're out there long enough, you know, if the sun is on skin long enough, it turns it into leather. But yet, do we adhere the warning? Oh, we like to be out in the sun. We like to get sunburned. We like to get the suntan because it makes us look good. We don't adhere to the warnings about what the sun will actually do to us. God is giving us warnings through all scripture about what is going to happen at the end of time, even before the end of time, and yet people will not adhere to what God is saying. They will turn away. They are turning away in groves. Churches are closing up. People are just no longer want anything to do with God. Why? Because they see so much infighting among churches and among congregations, among synods. They look at that out there and they think, why do I want to be a part of that? Because all they do is fight. That's the sad news. There is good news, though. No matter what happens on this planet, 
No matter what, we are saved by God's grace. We are saved because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. In a little bit, we'll partake of Holy Communion. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for us for the forgiveness of sins so that we can have eternal life no matter what the plagues that come down here upon this planet. We will be saved. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. No matter all these bad things that are happening, all that happened in Exodus, that's going to happen in Revelation, no matter how bad they may be, have faith and have patience with God. And he will save us. Yes, the time is going to get rough, and probably for most of us, we are not going to see the bad things that are going to happen. But unfortunately, we have our kids and our grandkids. They may be exposed to what is yet to come. Hopefully, during their upbringing, they will have their confidence and faith in God because they're going to need it. They're going to need the belief and faith in Jesus Christ. They need somebody to turn to. They cannot, they cannot rely on mankind because mankind is heading to its own. I mean, it was so, I can't imagine how bad it was back in Noah's days that Jesus, God had to send a flood to destroy everybody because it was so bad. And we're just going right down the path again. That's why Jesus had to come into the world. This is not just a story. These are the things that are happening today that have happened in the past and will happen in the future. It is so written in the scriptures that God has provided for us. The only way that we can get this out of our mind is to think, thank you, God, for being with me. Be with me. Give us the strength for the journey. Because Jesus is my sole Savior. And that's for each one of you as well. Revelation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very dreary and, and so many things happening. You look at how things happen in Exodus, it's going to be much more worse in Revelation. If we trust and believe in God, we have nothing to fear. Nothing. Even Paul was writing here, he says, um, he says, he's already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for his departure is near. He says, he's fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. It's interesting how I started with Timothy 4, the first part of the chapter, beginning of the sermon, and at the end of the sermon I conclude with what he's about saying there as well in that same chapter. I encourage you to read the book of 
Deuteronomy chapter 28. Read the whole verse. Read the whole chapter. I read the whole thing. It's just like, what part do I want to pick out for today's reading? And it's so interesting. He talks about the first part of it. If you believe in God, everything will be good. But if you don't, here are the curses that are going to happen. It's like, wow. And so I, I, I Google, I said, okay, so if this happened in Deuteronomy, how does it compare to Revelation? It compares it right, and the Exodus falls right into place as well. Isn't the Bible great? The Bible is full of inspiration. The Bible is full of wonderful news that our salvation is going to be from God. So with that in mind, enjoy the beautiful windy day. Have praise and glory in Jesus Christ at all times and give him the glory and honor and praise. And make sure that you thank God for the blessings that you have in your life. I know it's tough, but you can do it. Why? Because you have faith. You have faith in God. All things are possible through Jesus Christ. Amen. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.